0: Well, good morning again. Everyone doing all right this morning? Everyone have a good weekend? Good Halloween? Anyone know? Get a lot of trick or treaters come by their house? No? Well, that's disappointing. Well, it's officially November, and you know what that means, right? All right, you're jumping ahead here. It's time to start getting the Christmas tree out of the attic, right? Yes. Out of the garage. Who's who's actually done that already? Wow, you, you guys are good. I know a lot of people that's like, alright, it's time to start putting up the Christmas decorations, start listening to Christmas music. Has anyone actually started listening to Christmas music yet? Alright, be honest. I'm not gonna lie. I have only because I've been preparing my Sam's Ultimate Christmas Volume 2 playlist that is coming out December 1st, so stay tuned for that. The office staff has been a little bit annoyed with me because I've been blaring Christmas music for the past couple weeks. But it's not Christmas season yet, is it? I don't know if you've noticed this morning there's been a little bit of a theme. But there is another holiday coming up. Dave, could you please remind us what that holiday is? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays because I do love to eat, and I love to eat mostly dessert on Thanksgiving, about after that third or fourth piece of pie. There's usually, you start off with thankfulness and then you end with, with regret at the end of the day, um, but... Something I've noticed in our culture is that we like to skip over Thanksgiving and get ready for Christmas If you go to Walmart right now or Target, what do you see? Christmas decorations I don't know why they're jumping the gun, but they're just assuming that we're just gonna. Oh, sure. I'll I'll buy some Christmas stuff It's October 31st. Why not? Um, But no Thanksgiving is coming up and it's it's happening. Usually we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving till the end of November But I feel like November 1st, we should start celebrating Thanksgiving. Our culture often overlooks this holiday. and In about a month, we're going to gather together with family, some of it's family that we're looking forward to, some of it's family that we're not necessarily looking forward to, and having political conversations around the table that we wish didn't happen, or possibly you're having Thanksgiving with friends and doing a little Friendsgiving, which is always fun to do love family and friends, but this is also a time of year I've started to notice with people where we start saying, I can't wait for this year to be over. Has anyone said that already? I had a friend just like two or three days ago. It's mostly college students is what it is, um, but like I can't wait for this year to be over. I just want it to be done. I'm overwhelmed with my job. I'm frustrated, and yet we, as if we think, The next year is going to be an easy ride. It's going to be perfect. Nothing wrong is going to happen in 2020. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to stop for a moment this morning. And instead of waiting till the end of this month to celebrate Thanksgiving together, I would like to begin this season, this month of November, looking at all the reasons that we have to be thankful as the family of God. And so that is what I want to focus this morning on. What does it mean to have an attitude of thankfulness? I'm going to go ahead and actually use this this time. If you want to stand, I want to read the scripture together. We're going to start off in the word from Psalm 103. I think we should stand when we read the word together. Let's go ahead and read this together. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. You may be seated. And so this is a psalm written by David, and this is just a moment where David is worshiping the Lord. He is praising the Lord for who he is and what he has done. And he just after he's, while he's worshiping, he goes down this list of all the ways that God has been faithful to him. It's worship that is bathed in thanksgiving and gratitude. He says, let us not forget all the benefits of the Lord. Remember the promises of God. And he states all the ways that God has fulfilled his promises. You see, if we're going to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness, we need to remember all of God's benefits. And so he goes down this list. He says, he has forgiven all of my sins. Have you been forgiven this morning? If you've asked God for forgiveness for anything that has gone on in your life, you have been forgiven. That is guaranteed. He heals all diseases. It's not just physical, but emotional and spiritual brokenness. Have you been healed from something in your life? Or have you witnessed someone miraculously healed? Because we do serve a God that heals today. Amen. It says, He redeems your life from the pit, from darkness. Is there a situation In your life, maybe in the past year, where you feel like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I feel like I've hit a wall and I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, God just showed up and just freed you from this. He helped you to overcome that situation. Some of you might be in a situation like that currently. But I can guarantee you, God is faithful and he is walking with you through that right now. He shows you his love and compassion. Has God demonstrated his love for you? in 2019. Can you think of the ways that God has been faithful in showing his love and compassion towards you? He then says, "He satisfies your heart with good things." You see, have you been trying to satisfy your life, satisfy your own desires with things that have left you unfulfilled, that have left you wanting more? But I want to ask you this morning, what are the good gifts that God gives us that satisfies our hearts? How has God maybe restored or nurtured your soul in 2019? Because I know we often think we know what we need when we need it, but God knows the things that brings our hearts joy so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, the promise of a new life, of new strength that is given. You see, David has a reason to be thankful, to worship the Lord, because God has done all of these things, David realizes that our God is a good gift giver and that he deserves our worship. You see, when we give thanks to God, it shines light on the reality of God working in our lives. We often get stuck in just focusing on the negative things that are going on and the struggles that we've been dealing with and all of the hardships and disappointments of the past year, and we fail to see the way God was working. We failed to see how he was walking with us through those moments and situations to bring us to this very moment today where we can say with confidence that the Lord is good and he is faithful. Have you ever not been thankful for a gift that you have received? Have you ever been given something you're like, I don't really want that? Well, I have. Christmas 1992, I believe I was seven years old. All year long, I had been asking my parents for a go-kart. Not just a push-pedal go-kart, but an actual gas-powered. See, we lived in this new development neighborhood down in South Florida. There was just open land everywhere. There was like the nearest house was like 100 yards away. And I wanted to just have a, a car. I can drive around all the fields, through the trees, and just have a good time. Well, Christmas rolls around, and my parents knew what I wanted, and what did I get for Christmas? I got a go-kart, but it was the push-pedal go-kart. So you know what? I cried. I was unhappy, and I drove that thing all around the house, through the kitchen, annoying my parents. It's like I wanted to go outside through the fields, and it's like you hit the grass, and you're like, I don't have the leg strength to pedal through the grass, through the tall grass, And so I was not very grateful for that gift. Of course, I was all seven, but I was very disappointed and I didn't get exactly what I wanted. You see, when we don't have an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving, it leaves us in a place of darkness and frustration and disappointment, being discontent with where we are with our lives and what we have. And what's interesting is that Paul writes to the Christians in Romans, and he says this about those who reject God and are not thankful. He says in chapter 1, verse 21, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. When we are not thankful, when we do not recognize the way God has loved us, where does that leave us? It leaves us in our own mind, in our own, working in our own strength, and we find ourselves not being where we want to be, not having the life, not being fulfilled in the ways that we want. And so we need to cultivate this attitude of thankfulness. As a lot of you know, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. And so there's this episode of Seinfeld where Jerry uh, receives these tickets to go to a hockey game, and he takes Kramer with him, and so this episode, Kramer's like the day, next, the day after the hockey game. Did you call him to say thank you? And so this is what happens. I uh, almost forgot to ask you, what happened at the funeral? Now, did you talk to Alec Burke? Yes, yeah, I saw him. All right, so he's going to give you the hockey tickets, huh? Uh not exactly. He's mad, isn't he? See, I knew it. Huh? <laughs> I don't know if he's mad. All right, so what happened when you saw him? Well, I didn't really get a good hello, but see, I was at a funeral. Uh See, so I don't know if I got a funeral hello or he was mad because he didn't get his day after thank you. See, I told you, Jerry, I told you! what do you want me to do? I want you to get on this phone and give him his thank you. (laughs) No, no, I can't. (laughs) Jerry, this is the way society functions. Aren't you a part of society? Because if you don't want to be a part of society, Jerry, why don't you just get in your car and move to the east side? Look, we got five hours before the game. I am betting it was a funeral. Hello, Jerry. He knows we're here. He knows the number. He knows we want to go. There's plenty of time for him to call and give us the tickets. You stubborn, stupid, silly man! (laughs) So don't be like Jerry. We are called to be a people who are thankful and gracious to those around us. You see, we don't have to work very hard at being negative. It's very easy for us to fall into a place of being unhappy um, and unfulfilled. But we have to work harder at being positive and about being appreciative to those. Tim Keller, a well-known pastor, author, says, it's one thing to be grateful, it's another thing to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. It requires action. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Is God a good gift giver? Is God a good gift giver? Yes, absolutely. He loves to give gifts to his children. And so I want to ask another question. How does God give us his good gifts? How does God show us his grace Daily, and that's what I really want to dive into this morning is that God shows His good gifts to His people through people, through His church. The church is an expression of God's gift and His grace to one another and to the world. You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes I actually struggle with this concept. A lot of times, when I look at the church and I look at people within the church, I look at them for what they're not rather than what they are and who they are. And when I look at people and all I see is what they're not, it completely robs me of my ability to see how Christ is at work in and through them, and I won't be able to be grateful. You see, part of the basis for an attitude of gratefulness is recognizing that God is a good gift giver, James talks about this in James chapter one. He says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so what you have to ask yourself is do you think that God has given you good gifts through his church? Do you think that God has given you good gifts through individuals that come in contact with, that you come in contact with on daily and weekly basis? through his church and sometimes outside of the church because that is what the apostle Paul sees when he thinks about the church. You see this throughout the different epistles and his letters to churches that he writes. Usually in the first chapter he has a a section about how every time he thinks about the church, he thanks God for them and he always prays with joy. Why? Because Paul's eyes have been opened to this reality that God is a great gift giver and that he has given him a gift through his people, the church. Just for an example, in 1 Thessalonians 1, Paul writes, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is saying here is that God uses people to bless you. That's how he gives you his good gifts. He says, we remember your, your work produced by faith. Do you know that when you see other people's faith worked out, it increases your faith? That is a byproduct of, of how God is working in them. Their faith increases our faith to a deeper and stronger level. It is a testimony to us. Their love for one another teaches us what it means and what it looks like to love other people. And their endurance and hope, their endurance in pursuing God and overcoming struggles inspires us to do the same, to trust God. It deepens our desire to say yes. I see how these people are overcoming what they're struggling with. I see them overcoming things and their, their trust in God is deepening and that moves us to do the same. He also says in Philippians 1, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, joy is a byproduct of an attitude of thankfulness. When we are thankfulness, it is because there is joy in our lives. And so, do you want joy in your life this morning? It starts with thankfulness. I wanna ask you another question. When you pray, when you talk to God, do you thank God for people? Because I can tell you, the, the way he is answering your prayers, the way he is responding to you and your needs and your desires and what you're going through, he's answering them through the people he's bringing into your life. And so we need to have this attitude of thankfulness, but we need to have an attitude of thankfulness towards one another. And the passage that was read earlier by Annalena, um, that we're going to dive into, uh, it talks about how we need to thank others, how we need to acknowledge one another. In this passage, um, Paul is referring to specifically those who are leaders in the church, those who are serving you, who are caring for you. But the main principle of what Paul is getting at here can be applied to the whole community of faith. It's not just those who are in leadership. It's all those who serve. And so let's read these first couple verses. In chapter, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 and 13, it says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard and love because of their work. And so I want you to think about for a second, think about these words to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you, who, people who have been serving you, who love on you, who might be praying for you, who just give you an encouraging word. And I want you to think about maybe about, let's say, five people. I think we can name five people. In your life who have invested in you, who have cared for you, who have loved on you, who have demonstrated God's grace to your life. I know for me, some of those people are in this very room, and they didn't know this, but I'm going to point them out. One person is Greg Wilson. Uh, Greg was my youth leader back when I was in high school, so that was a long time ago, and Greg was a good friend. He He led me as a teenager and taught me how to love Christ and to serve Christ. Greg was there when I, uh, at the Life Conference in my senior year, where I went forward to accept the call to go into full-time ministry, and he encouraged me. Greg also got me my first job out of high school, uh, working at the Holy Land Experience as a landscaper, good times. Um... Ten years ago, I came to Greg as a 24-year-old and said, I want to do a dodgeball tournament to raise money for a charity and to help reach into the community. And you know what he said? Yes. And he partnered with me and we worked on that. And ten years later, we just did our 10th annual. So it's been a long journey of Greg just being a friend and investing in me and I would not be here today if it wasn't for that relationship, if it wasn't for Greg blessing me and encouraging me and I have to tell you that was Christ working in and through him in my life. (laughs) Another person is Tom Denon. I've also known Tom since I was in middle school and high school and Tom has just been a faithful friend and just elder and brother in Christ. And a few years ago, and I've shared the story, I was struggling in my walk with Christ and when I would come to church, Tom immediately could see what was going on and would just offer a word of encouragement. He offered to pray for me and he did that continually over the years and even to this day, he is still someone who offers a word of encouragement to me because he knows what I've walked through. And him walking with me through those times has allowed me to be here today as well. So thank you, Tom. And another person who is not here but is a part of this church family is Clara Lowe. Clara Lowe, who is one of the most faith-filled women I have ever met in my life, who loves the Lord. She has been such a warm and tender-hearted and just friend who has offered me so much encouragement as I've decided to go into ministry and struggling with that call. She just sends me letters all the time, just telling me that she's praying for me. And just also, she gave me a book about preaching. I don't know if that was a hint about something, or it was all good, but God shows us his love and shows us his good gifts through his church, through people. When we have an attitude of thankfulness about people and we start to acknowledge it to one another, we become a conduit through which Christ can also bless others. You see, when we say thank you to people who are serving and caring for us and for those around us, whose faith is being worked out in their lives, we affirm them. We point out that what they are doing matters and it makes a difference. You see, church, this morning... God wants to use all of us to affirm one another. You see, it is important for us to say thank you to one another. It's important for us to acknowledge the work that is going on, to point out how God is working. If we don't, it leaves us in this place of what's going on, I don't know. If we don't say thank you, we don't actually bring to light the way God is working. But there's also another side of that. Point, that we don't just need to say thank you to people, we need to learn how to receive thanks as well. I don't know if this, this is a struggle for me as well. See, a lot of times when someone says thank you to you for something that you've done, my response isn't always you're welcome. Uh, it's usually no problem, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. Do you ever do that? I think that's often a default. Or we say, praise God, praise God, which, yes, we need to give God the glory, but I think we do that because we don't exactly know how to respond in a personal way of accepting that thank you. You see, I am very bad at receiving compliments. I feel awkward, and I don't know how to respond, and if I'm being honest, it's because I don't believe what you're saying is true. I was having this conversation with the staff over lunch one day, is that we all kind of have this thing where we don't like to receive thanks because in reality, we don't think we have value. We don't think we deserve it. And our, for me, it's my self-worth is low. And it's hard to receive from other, which makes it, when I can't receive from others, it makes it hard for me to receive from God. Because God uses his people to show us his love and grace and to speak truth into our lives. And when we don't receive that thank you well, the truth is, I think we diminish the gift that is being given to us in that moment. When we don't receive that thankfulness and gratitude, we are missing what's happening in that moment in the same way that you may be doing something that blesses someone else, that gratitude towards you is also a blessing for you. We need to to learn to receive thankfulness well. Um, The month of October was Pastor Appreciation Month and uh, I've been receiving letters And words of encouragement from so many of you just saying that you're praying for me and that you appreciate the work um, that Jesse and the staff have been doing. And I just wanted to take a moment this morning to say thank you. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for the encouragement because we could not be doing this. We could not be serving without the love of the body of Christ without all of you working together. And so I wanna say thank you for loving one another, first, for the way that you love this community. Thank you for your faithfulness in the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness and trusting in him. And just thankful for being his church and for being a family that demonstrates the work of God because it does not go unnoticed. And I wanted to say that to all of you, thank you. I, we appreciate it, and we love you guys. We love serving all of you. And so I just want to call us this morning to just, we need to, as we stated earlier, we need to remember the way that God has demonstrated his love for us and realize that he demonstrates his love for us through his church, his people. And we need to take time to point that out. We need to take the time, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, to acknowledge one another. Because when we acknowledge one another, we point out how God is working and we need to celebrate how God is working. We need to make it known how God is at work. There are so many God at work moments that we don't know about, that are happening behind the scenes. And what if we actually took the time to point out how people were serving how people were trusting the Lord, how people were working in the community, how people just had stories of God's grace, we would see this amazing revival of how God is, and the Spirit is moving in our lives. And so I just want us to bring attention to, yes, we need to have an attitude of thankfulness. We need to have an attitude of thankfulness to one another, and we need to learn how to accept that thankfulness from one another as a means of grace to each other. But I want to tell you this morning that all the benefits that David is talking about in the Psalm 103 passage are fulfilled in Jesus. If we actually look at Jesus, we see all of these things are fulfilled and are promised to us. All the benefits. The first, our sins were forgiven because Jesus went to the cross. We were healed, our bodies, our souls were healed because Jesus went to the cross. We were redeemed from a life of darkness because Jesus went to the cross. Jesus demonstrates his love for us on the cross. And and that we are satisfied, every longing in our heart, the restoring of our relationship with the Father because Jesus went to the cross. And we have new life in him. Amen? If you are looking for a reason to be thankful this morning, simply look at the cross. I want to invite the worship team to come back as we get ready. And also, if you are serving communion this morning, if you would come as we get ready to partake. You see, at the end of this month, we're going to be gathering around a table to say, what we are thankful for. But this morning, we're going to take an opportunity to gather around a meal to also say what we are thankful for. You see, the early church, when they took communion, they called it the Eucharist. Some of you are familiar with that term. But did you know that the term Eucharist literally is translated thanksgiving? So this is literally a Thanksgiving meal that we are invited to this morning. And so for communion today, usually we take a few moments to examine our hearts before the Lord, to just see where there are areas in our life where we need to say, Lord, I need to surrender this to you, things that we need to be made right in the Lord that need to be reconciled. But I also want us to do something else this morning. If we could take some time just before the Lord to say what we are thankful for, to look at all the benefits that God has given us in Christ Jesus, the way he has forgiven us, the way he has redeemed us, the way he satisfies our hearts, just to look back maybe over the the last year of 2019, the last week all the ways that God has demonstrated his love for us that gives us a reason to say thank you. Can we do that this morning?